Welcome back to the next guys, Jordan. I'm excited <laughs> to be here. How are you doing? Today? Oh, I'm doing I'm doing great. I'm always excited because today we have for the third time, not the final, but the third not time. The first, not the not second. Not the second, not the fourth, not the eighth, but we'll we'll get <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Who knows how long this guy's gonna put up with our rubbish for but <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Anyways, so we've got Prophet Andre back, and um, <laughs> you know what? The last time he was here, we were speaking about the importance of relationship with the Lord and uh-huh. spending time in the secret place, and we also spoke about how that relationship affects our calling and how we can pray ourselves, prepare ourselves. English today, prepare <laughs> ourselves. Dude, I don't know for what it, today in today today in difficult <laughs> words. <laughs> we're gonna get through. It's a good thing that we're not doing a yeah, lot of the talking gonna, today. Prophet, Prophet Andre will Andre take Bronk, over today. Bronk, gonna do, <laughs> dude. Last names and toes, bro. I just can't. <laughs> we'll, we'll worry about that in five years. Let's carry on. Yeah, um, yeah. So the last two times that we had Prophet Andre, it was so powerful. So if you haven't listened to those yet, let's seriously recommend you to go back and yeah. check those out. But, uh, Look, dude, but now <laughs> I, we're a mess. Let's get some coffee. Andre, yeah, we need coffee. how about we just jump right into it? Yeah. Awesome. I think uh, one thing is always very important is to understand the difference between Old Testament and New Testament prophets. Mm-hmm. We do have a lot of New Testament prophets today that still function with Old Testament mindsets. And so the way that God functioned in the Old Testament is way different than the New Testament. And so to make it short and simple, the main purpose of a New Testament prophet is to be is to strengthen people's relationship with God. That's mm-hmm. it. That is our focus. It's not to bring direction. It's not to bring guidance. It's to strengthen their relationship with God, to be led by His Spirit. Now, I'm not saying that direction cannot come out of that, because as we prophesy, yes, direction can come for, for guidance. But the idea is not to make people dependent on the prophet. Mm-hmm. And that is what's happening today. We experience that with prophets where people become so dependent on them that they follow them more than they're following Christ yeah. or the Holy Spirit. And that's what the Old Testament prophets, that was their position. I mean, God used them in that position. They were the voice of God. Yeah. They helped in war, decisions making. Um, and so that is the understanding that people have of prophets. But in the New Testament, it's different. Um, we have that function of a New Testament prophet, but the purpose is now, or the flow now in the New Testament is we have the Holy Spirit. And God is not going to allow another mediator. He's not going to allow that. The Holy Spirit is the mediator. He's not going to allow us to, to become dependent on prophets. And so um, we don't have dial a prophet anymore type of thing. You need the Holy Spirit in your life. You need the leading. And so a prophet can prophesy over your life now. You need to understand that when we prophesy, we prophesy in part. We don't know everything. We prophesy, we only see a part of a person's life or part of what God wants to reveal. And so the reason for that is God saying, if you want the other part, come to me. Mm. So And so I'll give you this part. And it's also, it's, I mean, a lot of times, a lot of information that's not in that prophecy. And, that, and that's what God wants to do. There's a reason for that. It's to draw people closer to him, not to the prophet, um, to grow to him, to say, God, speak to me. And, uh, and God will share those things. If people would, would follow him and build that relationship like we spoke yesterday, then um, God would reveal to them their futures. But every one of us need the voice of God in our lives today. And so that is the function. It's very different. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to push people closer to God, not draw them to us. We need to tell people, listen, you see people fall in love with the gift. Yeah. 
they fall in love with that. They see the gift function and they want that. And they need to realize that that's the anointing. We're talking about the anointing. It's not like it's the anointing that functions. It. People yeah. love anointing. But they need to know that that's not that person. Every person has challenges that they're working through. And if you're going to fall in love with the person, you're going to be disappointed. Wow. Because at some stage, they will disappoint you. And that's the idea. I don't want people, as a prophet, a New Testament prophet, I don't want people to follow me. They need to follow Christ. I can help and navigate, encourage them, but follow him. Because at some point, you're going to be disappointed. Um, and that's what happened with me when I grew up. I had a lot of mentors, teachers, people, men and women of God that I followed. But I fell in love with the gift. But then when they messed up or made mistakes in their life, I was disappointed with God. Because I couldn't understand how someone could be so anointed, yet uh, make that mistake. And it's because it's flesh and people make mistakes. And so this is it. We need to fall in love with the presence of God. Um, Lord, I want you. And uh, not just direction or guidance. Uh, a lot of people only want direction they want guidance and uh, when we look at the woman at the well jesus meets this woman at the well and he says to her uh, he starts a conversation to her now look at his way jesus is a prophet but look at his way of ministry he meets this woman at the well he says he starts a conversation he doesn't say hi my name is prophet jesus i'm here to prophesy today and i'm going to change your life no he's relational comes in he says how are you he starts a conversation asks for a glass of water. And then he says, he starts to minister to her from there. And then at the end of that passage, this woman says, truly you are a prophet. No way that he even mentioned that he's a prophet. You understand? Wow. And so his way of ministry is relational, not directional, relational. He built a relationship with her and then that comes. And that's the same thing again, I mean, just touching on yesterday, is a lot of us want direction in our lives. Uh, but that's going to come through relationship. Hmm. As you walk with God, He's going to start to give you direction in your life. But it's not, we're not in it for direction. We're in it for Him. And then from there, the direction will start to flow. Wow. And so when, when you started talking, right, and you, you were saying a lot with how besides us being relational and besides your only job being to draw people to Jesus, did you ever, you know, you said you got disappointed with the gift. You got disappointed with, did you ever desire to be a prophet before you were called? Is it something, and like speaking personally now, I watched downstairs during the actual, the show today. And I was, I'm a bit of a mess, but that's kind of, everyone kind of, everyone who knows me knows I'm a pretty emotional person when it comes to the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I, my default response is weeping. And so I just, I was crying like on the first point when you start talking over Matt and it wasn't, because like I could feel the Holy Spirit just like punching me in the gut, which is normally what it is. But I saw not only your love for people, but I saw God's love for people That's through that. And I saw like this intimate. And when you looked, you know, you looked at Matt and you asked him for his name. You asked him how long he's married. Like, I looked at your eyes when you were talking to him and you looked away to pray and you came back and it was, you had two different eyes. They were, it was the, the same eyes weren't there. Yes. It, it changed completely. Yes. And I watched that and I'm like, that the God that created the entire universe that sings to him on a regular basis for all of eternity and he's got perfected worship in heaven and he's got everything around him that he doesn't actually need us is willing to take time out of his day to come and speak to us and yes. come say, look, I just want to spend time with you. Come yeah. draw, draw me closer so I can come and speak to you. That relationship and that relationship building I sat there and I was like, I want that. I would love to be able to do that to people. So did you... 
Did you have that moment prior Definitely. to starting this? Um, I had a, um, so remember because of the encounter that I had with God with his voice, yeah. um, I uh, um, immediately I was addicted to his voice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I wanted more that and more of that. But then with prophecy, one day I was in a meeting and I saw prophecy, um, a, a demonstration of that. They, someone started to minister. When I saw that, this is what I said. I looked at that and I said to myself, I have to do this <laughs> or I'll die. That's what I said. I have to do this. I don't know how it works. I don't know where it comes from. I was just drawn to that because of my relationship with God. But then I saw, I mean, and it's that. I think what I love about prophecy, what I love about ministry is the ministry part. I mean, I love the word in that, but that ministry, when the Holy Spirit starts to move in the room, I mean, that is what I'm after. And that's what I love. And so here I'm in a meeting and they're preaching and it's great, but then suddenly the gift starts to flow. Hmm. And I mean, you can feel, see how God is literally coming into the room and ministering to that person. And that is what drawn me. So the first time I saw it, I, I said, I have to do this. I don't yeah. know how this works, but, but I have to, I need to, I need to do this. And so I was definitely drawn to that immediately. Now, what I know now later in my life, you see, when it comes to the giftings, I'm going to touch on it. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 um, from verse 8 speaks about the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. But then Ephesians chapter 4 speaks about the office of the prophet, mm -hmm. the fivefold. Th those are different. When it comes to the giftings, everyone can function in the gift of prophecy. It's available to everyone. <laughs> that was but, my next question. But that gift is like a bookshelf. If you see a bookshelf, it's like taking a book from that shelf, using it and putting it back. Mm -hmm. That's the gifts of the Spirit. But the office of the prophet is something that you stand in. And so what you just saw downstairs mm -hmm. is I looked at him and then I stepped into my office. And so I just stepped into the office that I had in a moment. I'm shifting dimensions. I'm going into, into the office of a prophet. And then that opens my eyes to a completely different level. Because remember, as a natural person, I'm looking at him in the natural. And so we can be distracted. We can be misled. I can look at his outward appearance and think that, I mean, this is how he looks, so he can do this. This is his capability or disability. But when I get into the spirit, it changes everything. There's no more limitation anymore. And so God comes and you can see what God sees in that moment. So the gift is, for, is there for everyone. Everyone can function in that gifting. And so that's where I started. I mean, I wanted to function in it. And that's when the Holy Spirit moves into a room. Um, we can, anyone can, and everyone can function in the gift of prophecy, 1 Corinthians 12. It's available to us. But then the office of the prophet is, is something different. It's something, a place where God calls us in to be. And it's a permanent position, a permanent place. And so now, uh, God called me seven years ago. I've been ministering for 20 years, hearing the voice of God. But seven years ago, God called me to the office of a prophet. And what changed everything is, is I had to accept it. Because I didn't want to. God said, I'm to call, I want to call you a prophet. And I said, I don't, want to, I don't want the title. I don't want to be that. And then the Lord spoke to me one day. He said, what if, what if that is what I want to call you? Will you accept it? Mm. And I had to accept it. The disciple comes and he says, silver or gold I don't have. But what I have, I'll give you. So he's got a gift of healing. And so he's confident to flow in it. Because he's accepted the gift of healing. Yeah. So he says, silver and gold. I can't give that, but what I have, I can give you. And so he has confidence. He doesn't go around the corner and praise in tongues and says, God, please, come on, help this guy. He's sick. No, no, he knows what he has. 
And so he's ready to function in that. And so that's the same with prophecy, the office. It's the day come where God said, will you accept it? And so I had to personally say, God, yes, I accept what you have for me. And that day, it was like the switch, the prophetic switch is being put on. And so now I can prophesy. So when it comes to the giftings, you are limited to the worship, the room, the environment, the place, the gifting. The Holy Spirit needs to flow in the room. But when it comes to the, the, prof, the, the prophetic office, 24 days, 7 days a week, anytime, anywhere. And so it gets yeah. shut on. I don't put it on and off anymore. And it's different. I used to pray for 10 hours before I could prophesy. Now I can pray any, I can prophesy any place, anytime, anywhere, wow. anyone. Because this is it. God always has a word for everyone. Always. And so I might not have a word, but he has a word. And that's what I did in the room there. I might not have something, but he has something. And so I want to get into the office to say, God, what do you have for this person? What is important right now? And then address that specific thing in, uh, in their life at that moment. Wow. Wow. <laughs> okay. So I want to get, I want to get more into that and I want to come back and touch base on how this then affects your daily life and, and other people around you on a daily basis. But I think before we can go much further, I, we need to set some sort of foundation down about what prophecy is not. Yes. And I don't want I don't want to dabble in it too long. Yes. And the reason being is that we have a lot of people who are maybe new to this and haven't heard about the prophetic and Unfortunately, in today's society, we see things like tarot card reading and we see yes. things like magicians and dark magic and stuff like that, which is all very real in the supernatural, but it's not of God. And this is completely different. And I don't want to I don't want to dabble in it too long, because especially for the newer believers, we are called to know what is good and focus on what is pure. And, it, and it, my mom talked to me about this the other day and she said, Jordan, like when you start speaking about things that are interesting to people or things that are abnormal or things that are supernatural, it's very important to focus on the right stuff. Yeah. And she said, when you're trying to, and I wasted six months, like this is just a personal testament. I wasted six months of my life learning about Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormons, uh, the satanic churches, like every, every occult there was, I studied it inside and out so that if I ever ran into someone, I'd be able to disprove it. I'd be able to, oh, well, yeah, but your cult is dumb because of this. And this is why Jesus is real. And, and the Holy Spirit corrected me very quickly and said, you're wasting your time. Yes. And the reason you're wasting your time is because when money lenders or people who work in banks, when they come on for the first time in their jobs, they spend weeks not learning what counterfeit notes look like. Yes. Not learning what counterfeit notes feel like yeah. or the coloration changes or the little writing changes. They don't study counterfeit notes. They study the real thing. Yes. Yeah. And the, the bank gives them real notes to study and they give them the real thing to feel and grab and bend and hold and touch and smell and look at for days and days on ends and weeks and weeks on end until they get to actually fulfill their job. Because the second they take their step and they, they take a step into their office and start practicing what they've you know, actually been warming up to for the last two weeks, all they have to do is touch the counterfeit note yeah. and they know. Then. They don't have to spend six months looking into what is fake. Yes. how to spot what's fake. They just get so consumed with the real thing that when the fake shows up, That's, they know it immediately. And to add to that, recently I've had a lot of people that come across my life that will ask me that, kind of the same thing that you're trying to touch on. They'll ask me, well, you haven't tried anything else. You, wow. haven't, you haven't ventured out in yes. to what I'm doing or what this person's doing or what that person's doing. How do you know that you found it the first try. Yes. Why haven't you ventured out? But yeah. you, you just know as a believer, when you've been in the presence of the Lord, you know this is it. Mm. How do you explain to that person yeah. 
Definitely. I mean, so to elaborate on, on, on the question, what you're saying, um, in Leviticus chapter 19, verse 31, he says, Do not turn to mediums or consult with those who communicate with the spirits of the dead. Now, he's sharing this because there is power in that. So he's not saying that it is not working. He's saying it's there, but don't do it. Um, don't go to those things. I'm going to explain it to you right now. You see, um, I get this. Um, people are uninformed. Uh, mm-hmm. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. First verse starts off. He says, now about the gifts of the Spirit, don't be uninformed. Because people are uninformed. They don't know how it works. And, uh, something that happens in my life often is I have, often I have people that approach me and they say, can you give me a prediction? Can you, can you give me a prediction? And so the reason is that their understanding of prophets is that they predict things. It's predictions over their lives because that's the other flow. And so they, they're somewhere, they got, I mean, they in that flow, they experience that. And so they think this is it. And uh, now this is the, dif- the difference. So obviously, whenever God does something uh, where there's original, there's a fake, mm-hmm. obviously. Today, I mean, I... Uh, I uh, I can't go into a store and buy with a $51 note. I mean, they're going to laugh at me because it's not a real one. <laughs> but I can, trade, I can try to fake a $50 note and maybe get away with it. Mm-hmm. And so it has to be real. Now, the reason why we do have some false prophets today is because there's real ones. And so the enemy copies, it duplicates. But then they flow in a different spirit. They, they function in different things. And what they're doing is they do fortune telling. Now, let me explain something to you. A fortune teller can predict the future, but they can't change it. A prophet mm. can change the future. Wow. And that's the difference in power. They can speak. Well, how do they change the, the... They speak over dead bones. They speak over something that's dead. They can change the future. Now, predictions, fortune tellers cannot do that. They can only give a prediction of what it could be like. But we can change things when we prophesy over the things. And this is what prophecy is all about. I'm going to touch a little bit. I want to go too deep into the gift and the office. But I'm going to explain something to you in that, in this that I've seen and experienced. But briefly, to put a foundation down on this, uh, there's two different spirits. The one, So prophets functions through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, that's how they function. Anything else functions in a different spirit. So the big difference between prophesying and fortune telling three things that's the difference number one is prophets are always positive mm. when they prophesy they prophesy positive fortune tellers are positive and negative they have both and so they might speak over something but then there's a positive side to it but then a negative thing again so that you mentioned tarot card readings so what they do is you go to a place where they do that and they, they've got these three cards to, that they draw, and they say, okay, the first card is you're going to meet an amazing person. You're going to be in a great relationship. Second card is, so it's positive. Second card is um, you're going to have a lot of wealth. It's great. Awesome. Third card, you're going to die soon. <laughs> See, it's positive and negative. Here's the challenge. If you have opened up your spirit for that, it is open. You cannot just accept the relationship and the wealth, but not the death. And so you've opened up your spirit for that thing to come in and to come and start to steal, kill, and destroy in your life. And so the difference between, and it's always like that. Fortune tellers always have a different, there's always 
a negative seed. They might say these positive things, but then they plant a negative seed. Something they bring fear into your life. This is going to happen. You're going to lose a family member. They put that. And then you live and you're expecting it. You, you always, I mean, you go through life and you're expecting, you're thinking, who's that person? I wonder what's going to happen. It starts to create expectation for that to start to function. So that's not from God to go to fortune tellers. Then secondly, the spirit. Prophets function through the Holy Spirit. Fortune tellers functions through the wrong spirit. They have different spirits that they allow to function. So it's not the Holy Spirit. So the difference is the spirit that they carry. And then number three is a prophet always glorifies God. A fortune teller glorifies themselves, mm. the person. You have to, we have to be careful of that because there's a lot of prophets today. When they leave the meeting, it was more about them than God. Mm. You understand that? They're going into yeah. fortune telling. They're glorifying themselves. And this is, this is the difference between that. Because a prophet, when a prophet leaves a room, people will always be drawn closer to God. That is their mandate. But when it starts to become a, around the person, that's where it becomes dangerous. Now, I've had that challenge where people started, they wanted to follow me. And I had to have the integrity and character and say to him, listen, don't follow me. I'm going to mess up and I'm gonna, you're going to be upset. Don't follow me. Follow God. And you've seen the anointing in the room. That was him. That's not me. <laughs> I'm just wow. a person where his gifting is flowing through. Follow him. And so I feel that as prophets that we all also have a responsibility to be truthful to people, to say, listen, um, you need him. That's what you need. And the, the challenge is that people think because you can see one thing, they think you can see everything. That's what they think. Mm. But the truth is we prophesy in part. God only revealed one, one part. And so, again, they have to go to him. Now, when it comes to the, to the prophetic uh, office, I've experienced it many times where I would prophesy to a person today and then um, six months later over the same person, then again a third time. Then one day I look at the person. Now, I'm a seer. You have different um, flows of the prophetic. I'm a seer. I need to see. You give me a name, a picture, the person, and then I can prophesy. Immediately I pick up the word. If I look at them, immediately I pick it up. But I need to see them. So um, I would minister to this person for a third time, then look at them, and I don't pick up anything. I've prophesied to them, and then six months later again, 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 and one day I look at them and I don't see anything, nothing. And the reason is God is not going to allow them to become dependent on me. And so you get to a place where God comes and he stops it. He doesn't show you anything anymore. Because God is saying at that moment, he's saying, if they want more, they need to come to me. I'm going to re reveal more through a person. They need to come to me. And so a receiver, you have a person that goes into a room and they get a prophecy. Like every meeting they're in, the prophet calls them out. It's a great experience. But then one day they get to a place where no one prophesies over them anymore. Mm -hmm. And they think, what's wrong with me? That's the best place where you can be. Because suddenly you are at that place where God is saying, no, no. If you want to hear more, you need to come to me. You're at that place. And it's a good place to be in because now God's drawing you to him. And if they just respond and say, God, speak to me, they're going to experience a download of that. Now, the gifting and the office. The function of the gifting, 1 Corinthians 12, is to build comfort and encourage. That's it. That's the filter or the boundaries that we put in there. When someone functions in the gift, they need to stay in that. Make sure you strengthen the person build them, comfort them, that is your mandate in that, in that area. Now, when it comes to the office, it's different because in the office, you have a fivefold ministry. 
you have a different level of authority, number one, and secondly, responsibility. And now it changes. And I'm going to explain this to you through something practical. Here we have two people ministering. One is ministering through the gifting. One is ministering through the office of the prophet. Here we have a couple. This couple just broke up. And they got, they're busy going through a tough time in their relationship. They just broke up, broke up. The entire church knows about it. Everyone knows about it. So the gift functions and speaks to this couple. And the gift says that... You're going through a difficult time right now, but God is healing you, restoring you, lifting you up, and he's going to carry you through the season. And people love it because they know them. They know what they're going through. They, they applause. But then the office comes in, very different, looks at the same couple, and the office says that God's saying that your relationship is at the best place that it can be. Now, when the gift functions, people clap. But when the office functions, heavens clap. Because mm. the purpose of the office is to speak life into a dead situation. Because see, whatever prophet speaks about, they feel. It's like flame, throwing gas on a flame. And so if that prophet would speak about that broken relationship, he would break it further. Mm. And so their responsibility is, yes, they can see the broken relationship. But, but there's a different authority and responsibility. Whatever he speaks there is going to bring them into existence. And so that's why the prophet, prophet comes in and he says, God's saying that your relationship is healthy. And people don't understand. They're thinking, what's wrong? I mean, this is not where they are. Because prophecy is the future. It's not the present. It's the future. It's speaking into the future. And so prophecy is not a prediction, but an invitation. It's inviting someone into what the future could be. And that's what is happening. When we prophesy, we're not predicting things that can happen in people's lives. We are inviting them and saying, this is what God has for you in your future. We're inviting you to go into that, but you have free will. It's an invitation to say, God, okay, I accept it. I'll go into that direction. I'll choose it. But you, and so this is what, what prophecy is in the New Testament. It is that invitation. Very different from the prediction. Because the fortune teller is just predicting things, predicting that this will happen in your life, this is going to happen. But the prophets, but prophets gives invitations, <laughs> saying God has that business for you. It's inviting them into it. Um, and so the word goes out already. It's busy establishing, but God's waiting for their faith and their obedience to establish that. Now, when you have a word like that, and it's an invitation, mm -hmm. and they have to receive it and walk it out. Yes. When... When you, a true man of God, a true prophet, says that, the timing isn't always there that, like, you know, because they might not receive it right away. Yes. Like you said, it took you a little bit. Like, you almost didn't want to receive it. Um, but then once you came to receive it, does that mean when you speak a word, a prophetic word, that it's just not about the timing, that it has to happen, or they can actually deny the invitation and, and not happen at all? Um, definitely. So... They have free will, and they can, they can choose how to respond to that uh, prophetic word. But uh, we need to teach people how to respond to that word yeah. and what to do. And what I'm saying to people, and this is a simple way that I'm teaching them, I'm saying to them, what is God saying? When are you going to respond, and how are you going to respond? And so take that word and saying, what is God saying? God's saying that... Um, 
I'm going to start that business. Okay, that's what he's saying. So when are you going to do something about it? Set the date and time. Decide, okay, next week, next month, next year, today, tomorrow, I'm setting that date to say, okay, I'm responding. I'm going to do it next week. And then how are you going to respond? So God speaks to you. He says, I want you to go to Ethiopia and I want you to go feed a thousand families. That's the prophetic word. So what is God saying? He says, go, okay. When are you going to do it? Because right now you're thinking, oh, it's too big. I don't know how to do it. So set it aside now. When are you going to do it? Okay, God will go next month. Great. There's already motion that's taking place. And then how are you going to do it? Um, I, don't, I don't have the funds to feed a thousand, but God, I can feed 10 families. And so I'm saying to people, respond with what you can. Mm-hmm. Don't feel sometimes be overwhelmed by the word because it seems it's too big. I mean, I can't carry it. This is what you're saying. You're saying in this season, it doesn't fit. I don't see it. And the yeah. reason why you don't see it is because of the size of it. Yeah. But, it, but, st- but still, you're going to have to respond to it. So, so what is he saying? Figure that out. What was the word? And then when are you going to do something? Say the date. Okay, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put time into this next week, today, tomorrow. Okay, there's a time. Now already you have responded. The response is what changes everything. You've responded. You've put things into motion. And then, and then how are you going to do it? Um, oh, I'm going to make a phone call. Mm-hmm. I'm going to reach out to them. I'm going to do something. I ministered to a pastor in Canada and I, in a church, and I said to him that God says that he has a new building for you. They already paid their building off. They don't have money for a new one. And so he said, well, we don't need it and we don't have the money for it. Um, but he decided that he's going to do something about it. So he took the word. I spoke of the area where he will, a new development, they'll have a church there. So he drove around in that area. There was a sign on a, on, uh, on a fence of, of the developer. And so he phoned the developer. He said, listen, um, we have a church here close by and we're looking for property. Is there property for sale? And the developer said, listen, give me five minutes, I'll call you back. Five minutes later, calls him back, says, listen, what do you want to do? He says, I, I'm looking for land, I, wanna, I want to uh, plant the church, build the church. The developer says, listen, as a developer, we have to give 10 or 20% of the land to churches and schools. If you can come with me Monday to the office, we can give you the land. Wow. <laughs> so here's a word that goes out, but he responds. But what does he do? He makes a phone call. He just made a phone call, and then God started to open things. So that means that not a hundred percent of this responsibility is on you. No. But with that being said, as well, it takes someone stepping out and being obedient to start that chain of events. Well, I think we're going to take a break. Um, we'll dive right back into this topic for the next episode with Prophet Andre. But anyways, guys, thank you for listening. Don't forget to follow our social medias, which is at the next the NXT TV, and it's on Instagram and Facebook. Guys, we are the next. We're here to inspire, equip, and expand. And until next time, adios.